Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is week three in the NFL, and that means your Washington football team is traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns, the battle of the one-and-one. I think we both have the same stories with the Browns and Washington. It looks like each game has been two completely different teams. So to me, this is the identity uh, game for both of us. So Brian, just real quick, jumping straight into the Cleveland Browns to see how they match up with us. What is your initial reaction to how the Browns have played their first two games? Yeah, I think you're you're totally right. I think it is an identity game. I, I don't think they're the team that's only going to put up six points like they did week one, but I also don't think they're the team that's going to light it on fire like they did last Thursday night. So I think it's somewhere in between. It just uh, we'll see what happens uh, come Sunday. This this game kind of feels like a toss up. I could see it going a bunch of different ways, but you're right. We'll see what these two teams are made of and uh, which, which side shows up. Yeah, so Adam, you said you just rewatched both games of the Browns to get ready for this game. So I want to talk about that first game against the Ravens. Obviously, we know who the Ravens are. They are as advertised um, with Lamar and company. What did you see out of the Browns that first game? Because it wasn't pretty for uh, Cleveland fans. Yeah, it, it looked honestly, it looked good for about five minutes. <laughs> I like the way they were playing. Uh, they were playing Jackson. They're playing, but then it just showed how how good that Baltimore offense was. Because after that. You know, they were running rough shot all around them. They couldn't stop them. Um, their tight ends were like receivers in that offense. And they were just dumbfounded. They just didn't know what to do. But then, you know, then you go against Cincinnati's defense. You know, that's that's probably by year's end probably going to be one of the worst defenses in the league. So for them to put that put up that many points, yes, their offense definitely has weapons, way more than Washington. Oh, yeah. um, so they can put up points in a hurry. But, you know, Cincinnati, there was no real pass rush. There was no real threat. They feel like they could do whatever they want. And they still let Cincinnati, you know, claw back a little bit into that game. So, um, no, I think that there's definitely some things that Washington can do to contain them. Um, Mayfield is a guy I really loved coming out. Um, he's been up and down. Um, but I think that he can be con- contained. Unlike Murray, if you fluster Mayfield, he's just going to make mistakes. And I think that's got to be one of the, the top game plans in my book is just to fluster him and keep keep him inside that pocket. He's not a threat on the outside, but he's just he's small. And unlike Murray, if he gets backed up in that pocket with the guys that, that Washington has, he's just going to have a tough time getting the ball downfield. Yeah, he can roll out and make some plays, but nowhere sure. near the ability of Kyler exactly. Murray. Um, so like you said, the first game we saw with the Ravens, it was pretty rough for Baker. Um, you know, not really getting Odell involved. The Odell trade talk started happening for like the hundredth time. Everyone swears he was coming to Washington. They shut that down. It's not going to happen. Um, second game, like you said, against the Bengals who have a, uh, pretty, pretty bad defense as we've seen, uh, got Odell more involved. So I want to talk about Odell and how he kind of matches up with our defense, He's to me, he's one of those players. Like I don't know what's wrong with their offense and why they aren't clicking. Because if you look at it on paper, like Adam said, like this this team's honestly a top five offense in the league if they perform to their abilities. I mean, if you have someone like Odell, we'll talk more about the offense. But I just want to focus on Odell, Brian. 
with Odell, what do you think kind of makes him different than some of the receivers out there that could give us some problems? Yeah, I mean, last week it looked like the old Odell, but then you look at the stat sheet, and I think he only went like four for 74. So you're like, that felt like a whole lot more than it actually was. Um, I just hope that it's not the the New York giant Odell Beckham that just would go off on the Washington team. So uh, I think that the defense should be able to kind of keep him in check a little bit. Uh, I I, I like Jack Del Rio. Uh, I like that he tries to take away some of your your best options. And I think that, you know, I don't think he's going to let Odell beat them. Let's put it that way. And I think that goes back to Baker Mayfield. But as far as Odell, I think we just kind of saw a little bit of a glimpse of what he used to be, I just, uh, I don't know. He just doesn't scare me as much as he he used to in the, in the quote-unquote good old days. Yeah, and outside of Odell, to me, the biggest weapon that they have, um, who I think is underappreciated, is Nick Chubb. I think he's in the for conversation sure. for a top five running back in the league. I was thinking about it on the way home. Like, who would I rather have, Nick Chubb or Zeke? Not just because he's a cowboy, but honestly, I'd probably go Nick Chubb right now. Um, so I'm sure Adam, you know, a good bit about Nick Chubb, like watching his tapes and stuff. What stands out to Nick Chubb, um, that separates him from other running backs? I think it's the, it's, it's the, the ability to get yards after contact. It's just that throwback, you know, churning, he's not going to go down, you know, he's going to keep churning, going for those extra yards every time he touches it. Um, there is this dangerous because it's not just Nick Chubb, it's Kareem Hunt. You know, All they've right. got basically two starters on that team, you know, as much as I hate Kareem Hunt with a passion. You know, I got to give the man credit, you know, uh, the way that they mix and match those backs. It's not, you know, Chubb, the starter, and Kareem Hunt's the backup. They pretty much just roll in and out with them. To me, that's probably – I have that as my number two concern going in because Chubb is just – he's just a baller. You know, so far, both of them haven't really – I think one has five yards and one has two yards receiving. So, so far, they haven't been receiving threats, which that, that really plays well for Washington because I think that Washington will be able to shut down that run. But, you know, rotating Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in and out, it's going to be tough. But Nick Chubb, what I see from him is if he gets in the open field, they're going to be in trouble. And he's, he's just going to shed tackles like nothing, you know. Yeah, and to me, I think the 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 matchup I'm really anticipating is the Austin Hooper come out party. Because we haven't really seen him do too much yet. Uh, but as we've seen in the middle of the field, that's where our defense really struggles. Same story, different week. Um, Brian, real quick, do you think Austin Hooper could have any success against our linebackers, or do you think a guy like Kevin Pierre-Lewis is going to step up and uh, help that out? Well, yeah, you mentioned Austin Hooper, and I went back and looked. I think him and Bryant have combined for six catches total over two games. I mean, yeah, they. I think they could give this defense a little, little bit of fits. We, we know that they're, you know – we know their struggles with tight ends. It, it, it kind of scares me and makes me think back to week one. Is this Dallas Goddard and, um, and Zach Ertz all over again? Yeah. Is this, like you said, the time that they come out? So uh, I think they're definitely going to look into that and try to attack Washington's uh, weakness there on defense. And honestly, why wouldn't you? I mean, you paid Austin Hooper all that money. You, you feel like you should be getting more out of him than, what, three total catches on the season? So yeah, I think that they might try to go after him. I think part of it, we've seen these Washington corners kind of step up to the to the job for the most part. They haven't been anything spectacular, but they've held on pretty well, especially with Kendall Fuller being out. However, we've seen tight ends in these first two games make some big plays, make some first downs, and so you got to think that uh, Cleveland's going to be looking at that and trying to do something there, catch us off guard, make something happen. 
Yeah, one thing I've been wondering um, that I really want to ask you about too is when you have a team that has so many weapons on it and a uh, superstar like Odell, do you think there's pressure on Baker to get a guy like Odell involved so there aren't these trade rumors and stuff like that going on? I mean, you have all these weapons that we talked about, Jarvis Landry included, who we haven't talked about yet. Do you think it puts any kind of pressure to get a guy like Odell to be like the focus point of such a balanced offense? Yeah, I mean... It, it, there, there probably is some pressure there because you see a big name like Odell Beckham. He's a household name more so than any of those guys. So, yeah, you probably feel like there's a, um, a need to force feed it a little bit. And you kind of hope that that's what they try to do and it kind of makes them one-dimensional. If they're trying to force feed Odell, they're taking away from all those guys. They're taking the ball away from uh, Kareem Hunt. They're taking the ball away from Nick Chubb, which has kind of been their strong suit. So, as a Washington fan, as a guy that uh, wants to see them succeed, I hope that they focus in on Odell and kind of make themselves one-dimensional in that that sense. Yeah, I mean, watching that first game, it, it showed that even though the Browns do have so many weapons, you can contain them, you can stop them. So I think that our defense can have some success, and I don't think we're going to hold them to six points. I think they'll score more than that, uh, just because we do have some concerns in the secondary. I mean, good Lord. Uh, if Odell can get behind Abke, I, we've seen both sides of this Abke debate going on. I have people in my group chat saying, support Abke, hang in there. It's going to pay off, possibly. Adam, what do you think is going to happen with Odell and Abke? I think you and me are in the same boat. Yeah, man, I, I had people, uh, not people, the majority of course is on that with Abke, but there's just been these few people out there, not on Twitter, thankfully, on Facebook that have just gone so hard after me that, you know, listen to Ron, listen to Ron. I said, listen, okay, you can listen to a coach, but not all head coaches are great talent evaluators. That's why they have scouting departments. That's why they have position coaches. That's why they have other people. That's not his job. Um, yeah. That's right. So, you know, that that's, that's a lame argument as far as, you know, he's named him and started. He's not going to say too much negative in the first two games you know if it's not going to go well after week five or six he's not going to keep him that's just not Ron's style that's something that Jay would do um but in saying that I think that they are gonna have a lot of mismatches at a few positions so that's my concern in this game you know I feel that unlike Arizona you got to be careful with Murray I think in this game, this is just an opportunity to really pin your ears back and really let Chase Young fly because it's not even I about we, – we've seen what he can do. It's not about the Ohio State hype anymore. We're over that. It's Right now, this is a defensive uh, rookie of the year campaign. At first, I was like, let's temper that. Let's see if he's going to get situational. But I think they've shown that he's going to get a ton of snaps. Um, Kerrigan has got a, um, a slight toe injury. Sounds like he's going to play. So what that sounds to me is we're going to see a lot more young, a lot more sweat. You know, it's good to see rotations, but at the same time, uh, those are two guys that are high-motor guys that are going to be able to chase down Baker Mayfield from behind. I like Kerrigan, but he's just not that kind of guy. It, you know, a lot of uh, plays have actually, you know, come to him. It, you know, a lot of people yeah. are stuck on, you know, the, the game he had. But if you go back and look at the film, you know, a lot of those plays were pushed to him where basically the quarterback ran right into him or right into his side. So I think this is just an opportunity. Unlike the, you know, the last two games, I think they had to be a little more careful. I think this game, this is where JDR really lets loose. And, and yeah. I have mm -hmm. confidence that they've seen enough from Baker Mayfield to understand that if they can hit him, big plays are going to happen.
Yeah, I think Jack Del Rio is going to have a really good game plan for this. To me, if I'm Jack, I'm drawing up more of those blitz disguises. You know, even plays where you're showing blitz, you're putting pressure on Baker, but then you're going straight back into some kind of zone right. coverage um, to force him to make these mistakes. Because he's known to throw interceptions. You know, when he gets rattled, he can get rid of it, make some bad decisions. I, I fully trust our front four against that O-line. I'm like 90% sure Conklin's not going to be playing. I think, you know, he was pretty limited in practice for the Browns. Our guy, Jedrick Wills, to me, that's such an exciting matchup to watch. Him and Chase Young. <laughs> that I'm so ready for that matchup. I wanted Jedrick um, in the draft just because, you know, Alabama guy, but such a good <laughs> tackle. He can play on both sides so well. Um, but He's it's, good. It's, yeah, it, that to me is going to be exactly what I'm watching on every snap is who wins those battles. Um, but if you're Jack Del Rio, like I said, come with your disguise and stuff like that, Adam, what's one way do you think they can attack that offense? Uh, well, I'm like you mentioned um, the, um, the injuries to their to line because they have, I think they have 12 people on their injury report right now. Yeah. Three aren't going to play. It's Conklin did go full, go full today. So okay. it sounds like he's going to play. Um, if I'm Washington, I'm just going to keep bringing speed on the field. You know, I like that they're, you know, they were getting the defensive tackles involved with a nice rotation with Ioannidis. I haven't seen enough settle yet. He's a guy I loved and I really was expected to see more of him. But this is a game where I want to see more packages with multiple defensive ends. I want to see packages with Young, Sweat, Anderson, uh, Kerrigan. Because although this line is legit in Cleveland, I feel like they're starting again going. When Baker consistently goes um, in shotgun, I think this is an opportunity to really go after him. Um, under center, just from what I'm seeing, a lot of the tendencies are quick passes, uh, their pitches, their, you know, there's a lot of tells to what they're doing. It's, you know, a lot, just like the head coach did, in, Stefanski did in Minnesota. But I think that they'll be able to dictate the game early, unlike the last two games where they went down. I think this will be an opportunity where the defense can hopefully set the offense up, you know, in good position, short field, like they get, did against Philadelphia, because, you know, this is a legit uh, Cleveland defense. Garrett legitimately, you know, granted we faced um, Jones last week. Garrett's better. Oh, yeah. uh, Garrett is just <laughs> – yeah. they, they just they, – they move him all around. Um, he – on one play that I was watching, he killed Burrow. Uh, it was, I think it was a, it was a second down on the – yeah, on the six-yard line. Man, Garrett just – that right tackle had no chance. And it sounds like Morgan Moses might be out. This was a late yeah. addition to the injury report we're hearing about. But, um, you know, was limited yesterday with the hip, and then he didn't practice at all today. So this is, this is to me, right now, out of everything, that's my number one concern. Because right now this line is bad, and as crazy it is to say, Morgan Moses has been the best along this line. So right now they can't afford for him to go down because Garrett has, is just on a tear. Even when he's not getting sacks, he's pushing the pressure. You know, he's, he's killing – he's pushing that pocket in. You know, he's just one of those guys that you have to account for. So I think that going into this week, we're going to have to see situations where Logan Thomas is left in to help a lot more. And I don't feel that this is a great matchup for our tight ends. I feel like our tight ends are going to need to stay home. This is an opportunity to get uh, McLaurin and Gibson uh, really involved in the passing game. This is what I'm writing about this week about Gibson. I like him as a running back, and I think he'll have some production. He'll be a good back, but I think he can be a way better receiver early on. And I think they have to make a concerted effort to get him the ball in space because you know trying to get him to you know cut back through the cap tackles this offensive line is just not there it's right not now. Right so I that, think yeah. they're, they're, they're underutilizing his talent. So I'm fine with giving him carries. But right now, the, the run-pass ratio is, is ridiculous. He's barely had any targets in the passing game. And 
you know, if you look at Memphis, you look at the Juco level, it was like 65% uh, receptions and then the rest rushing. I think they need to take a note of a lot of the things that they did in Memphis and they need to try to, you know, incorporate some of those things. Because for me, offensive line has been an issue. Dwayne Haskins has been an issue. But to me right now, Scott Turner, I'm not happy with what I've been seeing him put out there because he made a point of saying he's going to play to his players' strengths. Maybe it'll take a couple weeks to get that. But I think Dwayne Haskins and him at this point should at least be understanding what he feels comfortable with, what can be productive. Um, and so to me, you know, you might have um, Sims Jr. out. He has a toe injury. So it's no better week to get Gibson involved in the passing game because he's just he's just that guy. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was going to say uh, great points all around. Uh, the, the fact that Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick combined for one target, one catch for negative three yards last week, that's not good enough. And especially when you know your wide receivers are weak, when you know right. Dontrell Inman's going to be out there a lot because you don't have much better to go with, you got to get those running backs involved in the passing game. I feel like we've been saying that for a while. And actually last week I felt like they ran the ball pretty well, but you're behind by two, three scores. You're not going to run the ball that much. So, yeah, so get these short passing game going a little bit, and I think it opens up the run for the same guys. The same guys that you're using in the short passing game can be those guys that you use to run the ball and vice versa. So, yeah, absolute great points. Um, I think all last week we talked about Chandler Jones and how scared we were of him, and I'm with you. I think Garrett is uh, better, and I, I'm terrified against uh, again of Jerron Christian having to go up against yeah. him. And like you said, if Moses is banged up, either not out there or just even, uh, you know, not 100. percent That's that's scary to think about because I, I think this D line's pretty legit. It looks like yeah. Claiborne might be banged up, but they also have. Sheldon Richardson, which I forgot about, so a bunch oh, of yeah. guys that they yeah, can I think rotate Vernon in there. And, uh, Claiborne are both out. That, yeah. That's what they're saying. That, well, they didn't practice yesterday, so tomorrow is the day. But yes, the, if they didn't, they, they haven't practiced all week. So that's Washington needs all they can get. So if right. you take away two pass rushes like that, yeah, I think you can really start to key in on Garrett a little bit. You know, they got. I think it's Nassib on the other side, or yeah. you know, they rotate Nassib. You can live with those one on one. So. Yeah. You know, if those two guys are out, this, this is this is a big plus for Washington for sure. Well, how much do you think we're going to be using Gibson and McKissick in the pass protection? I mean, we've been using Gibson a good bit last week against the Cardinals, I noticed. Um, like we said with that strip sack on Haskins after that turnover, um, he kind of missed his guy after Sheriff let his guy go. If that if Moses is out, and like you said with the tight ends, you need help out blocking wise. Do you think that we're going to be stuck using our running backs too, and not be able to create some kind of a pass game with the running backs? You know, how much do you think we really are going to be depending on those guys to help pick up that last guy to keep uh, Haskins safe? I'm hoping that you know, I, at the beginning of the year, I you know I put out a couple articles about uh, Turner's last four games of Carolina, and a lot of what I saw is when he didn't have Olsen, he really didn't have any real tight ends, so we had Ian Thomas. And what they used to do is they used to bring Ian Thomas down in, like, dual sets. They would actually line him up as a, in the running back slash fullback H-back. Like H-back I yeah. haven't seen – I think what we saw Logan Thomas once or twice. I'd have to go back and look, line up back there, but they sent him out wide. I think it's not about just having a tight end stay, staying in, on, in line. I think you need to have him back there mm. because what that's going to do is then you can be able to flex out if you have Gibson or McKissick on the other side of him. So you're almost playing with a fullback because Cleveland's going to be running that fullback. And – one thing I saw against Cincinnati, you know, I'm old school. I would like for us to have a fullback. I would like to see an offense. But if they're, they're not going to do it, 
Yeah, I, I, I think they can. <laughs> I think they can do it with 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 Logan Thomas. I think that there's yeah. no reason, you know, just because he's big, you know, a big body and all this. If you just look around the league, a lot more teams are using def- some of their defensive tackles, their defensive ends at fullback. You know, we we have guys we could do that too. So I'm looking for them to mix it up a little bit as far as protection. You don't you don't take two running backs in McKissick and Gibson and try to say you know you work on the pass blocking over a year two year span. But in two weeks, if you want to best utilize and you want to get points on the board, you're going to use them at their strengths, which is wide receiver. So, you know, if they were going to do that, they should have just kept AP. If they're trying to go between the tackles, you know, or run Barber more. But they're only bringing Barber down on goal line. So I'm like you guys. I'm perplexed really what's going on with the run game. I don't think Turner is very good at that right now because I think when you have a guy like McCaffrey, you're kind of spoiled in what you can do. And with that crappy offensive line, he, he just made them look good. We don't have that back right now that can do that, but we do have two backs that can be really, really good receivers. So I think if they if they do do that, they're going to win the game. I, I think that's probably on offense the number one key because what that's going to do, it's going to get Dwayne Haskins to get the ball out of his hands quicker, um, have a target that's going to be most likely covered by a linebacker. It's it's just a, it's a no brainer. So I'm really think I'm really hoping we're going to see more than that because I would I saw Dwayne Haskins look off the dump off a few times last week. So I hope that they focused on that because I think he just misses so many open things because he hits that one read, and after that one read, he kind of goes all over the place. I try to watch some of the coaches' film and, you know, get the close-up on where he's looking. And I don't know if it's just a bad offensive line and, you know, it's just he's a little shook. But right now, he he looks like a deer in the headlights to me. So I think the way you can help that is quick game, no huddle, get the ball to your running backs in space. It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe, clean cut up the sideline with the cutting-edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. He would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0. There is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches. Grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. Yeah, I want to hit on a couple things you said. Um, I agree, like, we do need some kind of H-back. I just don't know how good I feel with Logan Thomas being back there if he's supposed to be our tight end one. Um, But then again, I don't like uh, Marcus Ball back there. Um, and I don't like sprinkle back there. To me, that's a hail hinges, Thaddeus small spot, like perfectly. Right. They which, <laughs> which we have neither of. Um, yeah. Secondly, I think Peyton Barber would be pretty good at pass protection. I really haven't broken it down, um, but just looking at physique wise, I feel like he should be good because he's like that shorter, like bowling ball type running back. 
Um, and then what you said with the pass game, you know, I kind of looked at the Browns last year. They actually struggled pretty pretty bad against receiving backs. I mean, Derrick Henry had like almost 100 receiving yards against them one game. Receiving yards, not rushing yards. Right. Um, right. So I feel like that's where we can have some success. Um, but yeah, looking at their defense, you know, they are banged up. The middle of the field, the linebackers, core's weak. My guy, Mac Wilson's coming back. Don't know if he's 100%, but he's just ready to get out there. I think they're getting a uh, couple other linebackers um, back. Um, possibly Greedy Williams. Uh, Ward might be coming back. So it seems like they're trying to get healthy, but we're kind of catching them at that spot where everyone's just getting back into football yeah. shape. Um, so, Brian, looking at their defense, you know, what do you think is the key to where we can kind of attack them? You know, we talked about the passing game of running backs, but if you're looking at wide receivers, possibly some tight ends, where do you think we can make some big plays? Yeah, I'm looking at Antonio Gibson uh, and Terry McLaurin. I think that's exactly what Adam said earlier. I think we got to get those guys involved heavily. You know, you don't want to force feed him, you know, but you want to get those guys involved. Those are your playmakers. Those are your two playmakers, I think, on the offensive side of the ball. So I would love to see Scott Turner get a little bit creative on the way he involves them. Um Early on, too, like you don't have to wait until the second half. You don't have to wait until you're down two scores. Like I, I hope this team realizes they don't have to wait. <laughs> come out and, and come out with that fire. Come out with some something tricky or something like that. You know, have McKissick and Gibson out there at the same time. Just do something to to get it going. And like Adam was saying, get Dwayne Haskins going a little bit earlier because I think he's he's big on rhythm. When he gets in a rhythm and he's making some throws, that's when he's clicking and. The way to do that is to get him some completions early. So get a screen involved or something. Um, you got some speed, you know, in Gibson. You got speed in McLaurin. You got speed in Sims. Use some of that speed. And if these guys are banged up on the defensive side of the ball, make them run a little bit. So I just want to see them come out fast. I feel like we've been saying it now for three weeks. You know, us three guys have, have been saying it now for at least three weeks. Just come out fast. It's okay mm-hmm. to, to get started early. So that's what I'm looking for. Uh, take take your take your matchups wherever it is wherever the mismatch is and take advantage of it but just go fast let, let, let's get going yeah and if sims is out i really want to talk adam uh, about this i didn't really tell you about it but i know we've been talking about this guy uh two guys for a while so say sims is out you're down to isaiah wright and the recently signed uh about it from ohio state who you've had a lot of tapes on you know him very well which one of those two guys are you calling up to potentially take his spot, not only as a receiver, but also as a returner on special teams? I missed the second one. Who did you say on the second one? Uh, Baddett. Oh, Jeff Baddett. Yeah, no, he's only, if you see me on Twitter, you've seen that I'm, I love Jeff Baddett. I love Wright. I really like what he can do on special teams. Um, I saw some of the stuff that he used at Temple, and it was uh, similar to how Debo Samuel was used in San Francisco, and especially in the Super Bowl. But I think... Jeff Baddett has got speed. He's just got, I think it was four four two seven at his Oklahoma Pro Day. Absurd. Um, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I, I had an argument. A couple people coming at me were saying, because I was posting everywhere about, the, you know, they need to promote him, uh, especially with, you know, Inman just looking like he's not even a good blocker. I don't really see why they're going to keep him. Um, but what I saw from Baddett is he's just got that breakaway speed. He's a little raw in some areas. Um like I was saying, it was brought up about his stint in Minnesota. He actually had two stints. It was all preseason. One year was a concussion and one year was something else. He was behind a bunch of receivers there, and I just don't think he had a chance. Then he went to the XFL. He actually was looking real good and had a minor back injury. So it's nothing habitual with him, nothing that's knocked him out for you know long, long periods of time. 
it's just been enough to keep him off the 53-man roster in the NFL. So I think this is the perfect opportunity with a young core, um, with an offensive coordinator that's really trying to run a lot of motion, a lot of quick game is what I hope we're going to see. And the best way to do that is just to get really quick receivers. I think if you look at Kansas City, what they did over there with their guys, I think this is exactly what Washington can do. So if you have a guy like Sims out, I don't really see you plugging him. Like, again, we, we love AGG. I think he should take Inman's place. But I don't think you can replace that guy with an, another big man like Cam Sims or someone else. I yeah. think for this offense, we have too many of those guys right now. And I think that they need to purge that. So by bringing in um, Bidette, he'll get that opportunity. And I think if you release right, he's going right to the practice squad. If he was uh, involved in returns, I say let's keep him. But right now, they haven't been. But with Steve with Sims out, I think that Wright is probably going to be returning because I think it's Wright and Gib, uh, Gibson are, uh, I don't know what order, but kick return or punt return. Well, so they this had is Greg a Stroman that, back there. I don't know how I felt about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that he, was he, was great. he was really good. He was really good in college, but I think that they have better, better options. So we'll see if they're just going to go with the more experienced or the more talented overall. You know, I think special teams coordinators, if you've seen, you know, from the past, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go with, somebody that they know feel more comfortable with rather than, you know, the straight up athlete, which it's understandable because if, you know, if they fumble the ball, make a bonehead play short, if they're giving a short field to the offense. So I can understand why they had Sims back there. Uh, um, Stroman. Sims Jr. back there and then Moose Stroman because, again, that's some NFL experience. But, you know, this is a rebuilding year. This is a youth movement. I say continue it and, and call up Bidette because, you, you know, he's not going to be getting – you know, 10 targets a game, but this is a guy you could bring him in two times a game, you know, put him on end arounds, you know, misdirections. He's just so fast that I think even if he's simply as a decoy on a yep, go route, it's going to draw the defense. So I think that right <clears throat> now he's prop to me. He's the best option as far as a call up or, you know, someone to replace Sims. But right now they don't have anyone really legitimately to black up the slot. All what Inman, AGG and, um, and right. They're questionable, but I have read that they do feel that they can put AGG in the slot. It, mm. It's a little surprising, yeah. um, but I've I've read it a few places. So I, I I I like AGG, but I think right now they need speed, and and that's what Bedette has. Yeah, I'm I'm more lean towards Isaiah Wright playing that slot. I love what I've seen him do at Temple, even running some wildcat. I feel like yeah. if we were to you know create some run plays he'd be comfortable with that even if he doesn't know the offense too well just you know being an athlete making athletic plays I feel like he can provide that and you know like a guy told us today that we didn't realize he was actually an all-american on special teams while he was at Temple so I mean yeah he's legit kick the rocks and see what it does but that's what I'm saying like get him involved get him involved in the return game and if you see if he you know breaks one for 40 yards or even better then they could be like, okay, you know, let, let's get him a little more involved here because that, that that's what good teams do in the NFL. You know, if they have a guy that, you know, flashes on special teams, flashes in another area, they try to get him incorporated in the offense. Michael for Hardman. some reason, yeah, for, for some reason, whatever coach has been with Washington, it hasn't been like that. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that they're just going to play their skill players and, you know, open it up a little bit because, like we keep saying, and Inman is adding nothing to this offense right now. Right, yeah, and I'm with you. If, this, if we're agreeing that this is a rebuild year, whether you say it or not, why are you playing a guy that's been on, what, four or five different teams? There's no right. point. Throw AGG out there. Throw right out there. Is he going to be here out next there, year? Part of the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Inman I mean, won't be. Inman won't. No, I, I'm, yeah. So it's, 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 a, it's, it's a hot take, but I, I – 
by week 12, Inman, that's even pushing. I don't think he's going to be on the roster. You're, you're in bad shape if he is. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> if we still have him at that point, yeah, like that, my, my out the window, my 8 and 8, 9 and 9 and 7 is out the window. Either he's going off or it's, yeah, you're, you're just well, too far. It reminds me of, of my, uh, Michael Floyd being here a couple years ago. You yeah. knew you were in yep. bad shape when he was one of your go to receivers late in the season. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, so with, with speaking of receivers with Cam Sims, I think we're pretty much safe to say we're going to call him up every week, right? Well, they can't. There's no new rules. I the think two they, is it twice? Well, yeah, they brought it. him up for uh, putting uh, Sheriff on the IR, so oh, he is yeah, technically yeah, yeah. up now for that yeah, reason. That's it. They can't. They, they can't drop him back down. Right. So that's right. what I'm saying. If they're going to do that, just just move on from Inman. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, just just sure. do that because now you have you now you have three. You know. Six foot two, six foot three plus big. It, it, that's not what Haskins needs right now because Haskins is not throwing 50 50 balls downfield. He's just not doing that. And those guys aren't going to get you, you know, a lot of yak on five, you know, five yard receptions like the other guys will. So hopefully, like I said, you know, we can see them use these running backs more in the receiving game because they don't have the receivers. And if you're, if you're going to have um, Sims Jr., who is a guy I love and I really think that he, he, start, he was just starting to break out when this happened. You're even in more trouble. So by trying to replace him with you know another big body possession receiver, I, I don't. I, I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I. Agree. But I like Wright too, though. Like you said about Wright, I've been watching more and more. I'd be fine with Wright or Bidet, but I'd be better with both of them on the on the fifty three. To be honest. Yeah. All right. So I have two questions. Adam, I'm ask you one, and Brian, I'm ask you one. Um, between for just overall passing yards, who finishes with more, Baker Mayfield or Dwayne Haskins? I'll give that one to Brian. Who Baker is not. I mean, last week was a little different, but Baker has not really lit it up. Um, I'm gonna maybe this is a homer, maybe this is a hot take. I'm gonna go with Dwayne Haskins. I think that uh, I think that he starts to put it together a little bit more. Uh, I think Cleveland Strong's uh, point is running the football. Whether or not they're successful is a different thing, but um, I think Dwayne Haskins puts up a, a bit of a number this weekend. Yeah, Baker hasn't put up really much impressive uh, stats. Just kind of looking at the sheet, breaking down the two games, like you said, played a really bad Bengals team and still didn't really jump off the board. Nick Chubb yeah. pretty much carried most of the load. So, Adam, for you, I'm going to ask, you know, about all the pass rushers, Chase Young, Miles Garrett, who has the better game and why? I'm Chase Young uh, just because I think they're going to make a concerted effort to really get Dwayne – out of harm's way and hopefully like i said put extra protection it's not saying garrett's not going to produce i still have him getting you know a sack and a half of the game but i think this is a game where we're going to see young with his best performance to date i think we're going to see at least two two and a half sacks and a forced fumble i just think mm. that conklin he is a he's a very good pass protector don't get me wrong but i think chase young can eat him up especially if he's coming in you know Thank less you. than 100 less than 100 percent and you know willis they're going to be moving these guys around to will, excuse me. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be doing a lot of things, a lot of movement. I don't think they're just going to make it easy for Washington because I think they show that their defensive line can be a force, but the back end is susceptible for big plays and their linebackers are right now. They're nothing to speak of, you know, without Cole Holcomb and some of these other guys with, with some real speed, you know, SDH, he, he really has not progressed as much as I hoped he would. Um, Bostic is playing better than I thought he would. And Cape, uh, Kevin Pierre-Paul, he has really been – he's made some good plays here and there. But I think that this is a great opportunity. 
um, to get Hudson involved, the rookie from Michigan. I think he's a great guy that we can get in sub packages. They used him as a Cobra, uh, Viper role all over the field. I think this is a great game to, you know, especially with um, Anderson and Kerrigan likely to pay, but a little sh- shaken up. I think this is an opportunity to kind of get him involved in, you know, some sub packages rushing the quarterback. But I think there's a lot of things we can do. And in the end, I think uh, Dwayne, it's, it's by default. I think Dwayne Haskins just has a better game because the defense, I think Washington's front line will put enough pressure on Mayfield that, you know, it'll, it'll be under 200 yards, hopefully two interceptions. Awesome. I agree with you on that. So real quick, we're going to go into predictions. Brian, key to the matchup, but what do you think is going to happen? Where is the game going to be decided and what score? I think the key for Washington is keeping Chubb and Hunt in check. I 100%. think as the Browns go, as those two guys go. So I think you got to keep those guys in check. I think you got to make Baker Mayfield beat you. I think, uh, like we talked about earlier, I think you got to unleash this pass rush. Uh, Baker is certainly athletic, but he's no Kyler Murray. And uh, so you just got to go after him. You got to make him make mistakes, which he's prone to do. Um, so th- those would be my two things is uh, make Baker beat you and don't let Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt beat you. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think that uh, I really I think Washington pulls this out in the end. I think it's like a 28-24 type mm-hmm. deal. I think maybe the Browns have it uh late and baker throws a pick or something like that i think they're going to get after him a little bit and uh like adam was saying i I could certainly see a couple interceptions from him just for from jack del rio confusing him a little bit so uh one thing i i I don't know that we've seen chase we definitely haven't in his pro career it's not often that we see him coming off a loss so i think he's going to be certainly very hungry and i think he's going to have a huge game and i think he could make a an impact player too that really swings the momentum for Washington. So I like Washington close, uh, not a dominant performance, but I think that they uh, they hang on and win. And I agree with you, Adam. What's your what's your take? Matchup to watch, score, and why you think that happens? I think it's going to be a reversal of what we've seen. I think uh, Washington will actually start out start out hot, and I think the defense will give them a short field. So I have I have Washington going up early, fourteen nothing. But then Cleveland, you know, trying to make a run in the second half. Um, before I get to the score, my prediction, I think, you know, just piggybacking off what you were saying, uh, the, it's the run game. And to me, the run game to, is setting the edge. If they can set the edge against Cleveland, because most of the big runs I saw from um, Hunt and Chubb were on the outsides. They can run on the inside, and they're really good at it. But for the most part, all of their big runs came on the outside. So if they can contain them, um, set the edge, keep them in line, I think that that's something they can do. And um, my other one is, although Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant really haven't had those numbers, this is a game that they scare me, especially more Harrison Bryant than Austin Hooper, believe it or not, because I think they're, they're going to leave him home to help a little more. And he's not a good blocker. So Harrison Bryant uh, against our coverage, that's something that's um, worth watching. You know, he was the Mackey Award winner of uh, Florida Atlantic last year. Granted, level of competition is always a question. But um, this guy, you know, was a 6'5 plus. They're pretty much lining him up at receiver most of the time. So if they can shut down the running game and isolate their tight ends, if we're forcing them to go to Adele Beckham, which is crazy to say, I think that they win this game because if they really have to focus on their tight ends, so far that hasn't been their their identity and, and, and their key to winning. So um, I think in the end it's not going to be high scoring. Like I said, I think Washington will start off fast with the two touchdowns. After that it will cool off. I think uh, it will be 20-14 uh, to 14 Washington. Okay, that's good. I, I'm actually really close to Brian. Um, I said 27-24 Washington. 
Hmm. I agree with you. I think this game 100% goes through uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I feel like their whole offense is killing you so much in the running game that it allows Baker to, to do enough to win games. And when he isn't able to, you'd see him choke in these moments and be uncomfortable, uh, cause turnovers, you know, just not really get anything done. So I feel good about our, our run defense. You know, I don't think it's going to be, you know, like a complete domination and stopping Chubb and Hunt, but doing enough to where it's like, okay, Baker, the game is in your hands. What are you going to do with it? And I just don't see him uh, winning this one. I think that... Um, our offense does enough. I still think this is like that audition of seeing what our offense is like. You know, if Sims is out, that's going to be a huge thing. I mean, I can't, I can't express that enough. Having Sims out takes away special teams plays, takes away your slot receiver, and even some runs. So that's something to watch. That's going to be very important for our offense that's already struggling. So hopefully we can get Haskins going early. I think so. I still think their defense is banged up. You know, we saw those quick passes to Terry and how much success he has with it. I think Turner hears us talking about how slow we go. Um, but I think that he's going to be, you know, trying to get that fast pace. Because when Ron says, hey, let's get second half Haskins in the first half, you listen. And I, I fully expect that. Um, so I think our, our pass rush, you know, I could see a strip sack setting us up late in the game, uh, scoring there at the end, whether it's a field goal to win it. We're tied 24-24. Hoppy gets a game winner. Six seconds left. That's exactly how it's going to happen. So <laughs> I, I, just, like I just feel good about it. I think our defense is going to do enough. Um, I will say I saw a uh, thread on Cameron Curl. Uh, Nick Ackridge put this up. He, he's he been impressing me a lot. You know, we kind of talked about him with Abke. Um, do you think we see more of him, Adam? I, I wrote about it in my last article. I think they we need to see more of him. It's not just about Abke. It's just what he offers as a third safety. I've probably been saying this for the last five years um, as a writer that three safety sets, which often you know referred to like a Cobra package, it is very effective. And I don't understand why I don't see more teams running it. Maybe if it's if it's a lack of DBs, but I think with Fuller back, I think that we're going to see more of that. It might not be curled this week though, because uh, with Fuller's ability to drop back and play free safety, I think we're going to see a lot more of him uh, in that role because I think. Um, they're happy in a way with, you know, how their cornerbacks are, you know, matching and matching up. But again, Landry and Odell Beckham, they've been playing for the most part, cover two, cover three. Um, I, I don't know this week if you don't change that up because they said Dwayne Haskins, he was ready for that against Arizona and they came out yeah. in man. So let's do the same, you know, because I think that they're going to look at that Arizona tape. They're going to see what they did with Kyler Murray. Like you said, they're going to get Baker out. They're going to roll him out constantly. They're not going to leave him in that pocket because they know just from that Philadelphia tape of Washington, if he's if he's back there at all, they're going to just swarm. If he gets out on the edges, at least he can, you know, have a one-on-one, one-on-two. He's not going against four pass rushers. So I think that, you know, I feel really good about this matchup. And, again, like we said, if, if we can contain this run game, I think they win because – to, right now, that's their identity. To put it on on um, Mayfield's back right now, it, it, he's just not playing at that level, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those games where if you lose it, you're not but so mad. But in the back of your mind, you feel like this is one that could easily be won. You know, one that you just let slip away. You know, how important, Brian, is this game to get this win? Yeah, I think it's huge because I think huge. you got Baltimore next week and that <laughs> – that's scary on its own so it'd be nice to go in there two and one instead of one and two for sure uh you know you know 
it's not a it's not a huge deal. Three games is not your whole season, but two and one sounds way better than than one and two, especially when you're going up against uh, Lamar Jackson and and those guys the week after. You can't look ahead. You got to take care of this one. But this is a team that you can beat for sure. You know they're not the same punching bag Browns. I think they've got some weapons, but uh, this is certainly a game that you can compete with them. And I think this is a chance for uh, them to kind of quiet some of the doubters uh, uh, from last week, you know, quiet some of the doubters about Dwayne Haskins. You know, was this defense legit? Was week one kind of a fluke? Just quiet some of that down a little bit and, and go out there and just put together a solid performance. So I think it's huge. I'm not going to say a must win, but yeah. um, I, I think that it's super important. It's about as close to a must win as you can get without calling it that. Agree. Yeah, I feel like it's a morale win. Like if you if you get this yeah. one, it shows, hey, you know, we do have a good football team. We can win some of those 50-50 games. I mean, I think ESPN had it like Browns have like a 70% chance of winning. I feel like it was pretty steep. Every week, yeah. every every week it's been like that. Arizona, I get it, but the rest I, I don't understand how it's yeah. so lopsided. No, the Browns are not Arizona. Um, but Adam, Alabama football starts up Saturday. Yes, Rest in yes, peace, sir. Missouri. Mizzou, hate to be you. This is going to be some crazy. Well, they just announced the Pac, the, the, the Pac-12 is going to start games. up in November. Uh, That's I, how, how are they going to do? This? <laughs> so it's just going to be a bunch of different champions. And I'm not. I'm glad it's happening. I'm not yeah. saying don't do it. I, I love it, but uh, I don't know. It's going to. It's going to be really weird. That's like going to Sam's Club and just eating all the samples. You know, just seven games. Like, what is that? <laughs> that is not enough. Brian, no, sorry to no. leave you out, Georgia. No, no. I mean, someone's going to be upset. I'll, I'll tell you that much. If a Pac-12 team were to somehow oh, sneak its way into the playoffs, someone's going to be livid, and I'm here for all the drama, so bring it on. <laughs> yeah, football season's finally in full effect. To me, it doesn't start until the SEC kicks off. Uh, but we will tune in Sunday night to discuss the game. Hopefully, it is a win. Adam, appreciate you coming on as always, and we will see y'all Sunday. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.